Hey everyone, welcome back to the Grief of Wellness podcast with me, Steffi. And you can see next to me, I have Gergi and his leg. <laughs> his leg perfectly in the camera. He's just sleeping. Well, he's gone off sleep, so hopefully he won't be yapping too much. So, it's Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. Um, and it's baby loss awareness week this week. So, yeah, if you've experienced miscarriage, missed miscarriage, a stillbirth, infant loss, neonatal loss, uh, infertility, a chemical pregnancy, ectopic pregnancy, uh, embryo loss, molar pregnancy, um, twin loss, SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome, um, or TFMR, if you're terminated for medical reasons, um, or you've experienced surrogate loss, all loss matters. Um, doesn't matter what gestation you lost your little one at, that little life matters. Um, and that's why this month is very important because personally, I think it gives everyone a safe kind of time of year where we can be open and honest without that fear of judgment um, and that's what today's podcast is kind of around it's about I suppose I'll speak about my personal um, judgments that I faced after Sophia um, and why the stigma is kind of still around baby loss before I go into my whole personal experiences I suppose I created a post that I'll be posting on the Butterfly Gardens page um, this week and basically it's to do with how all pregnancy matters um, and I've given a few examples of like things that maybe have been said to others that I'm aware of or things that were said to me that kind of makes you minimize your grief or minimize your loss um, and your loss shouldn't be ever minimized Um, never let anybody do that so I'm going to read out your pregnancy loss matters even if no one knew you were pregnant you never heard a heartbeat you are still young and can have more you have other children it happened a long time ago you feel fine now and it happens to a lot of women so I've done this post for um the Butterfly Gardens social media page and I just want to like talk a little bit more about it because it's to do with judgments and I suppose this podcast is about judgments in baby loss so if you start off with the first one your pregnancy loss matters even if no one knew you were pregnant and um, I suppose that one really sticks with me because after we lost Sophia at 28 weeks the first thing I thought was I thought we were safe Everyone says once you reach 12 weeks, it's safe to tell others because you're safe. Um, I know I'm not the only one that had that thought after they've experienced a stillbirth. I think that's why I just encourage people to enjoy their pregnancy even so early on. Um, you know, with my rainbow baby, I know I did my social media announcement at 14 weeks, but that was more so I wanted to keep 
his pregnancy very much the same as how he treated Sophia. I wouldn't have changed anything I did with Sophia. Um, but when I was talking to people in person, um, I would tell them that I was pregnant again. Um, I told a lot of people before I announced on social media at 14 weeks. Um, and I think that's, it depends on the person, but I know my experience after Sophia was very much just enjoy every moment of your pregnancy and um, because there is no safe mark. And even with my rainbow baby here now, um, you know, like he, the other week he fell off the couch and landed upside down in, in his little chair and thank God his chair was there because he would have whacked his head. But like, even that it's like, you, you don't know. Life is just so unpredictable um, and sadly that is part of life and it's a hard part of life but yeah so with my rainbow baby we did uh, tell people more in person um, and then obviously I did my usual social media things with copy what we did with Sophia but you know there is no safe um, time death comes for us all it's part of life um and that's that's the reality and it's just i suppose that whole idea of oh after 12 weeks you can tell people because they'll be safe doesn't really make a difference and to be honest i think it's only putting more shame and guilt on those who do go through a loss before 12 weeks that's my personal feeling on it and um, i'd love to hear from others if they have different opinions but that's how I feel on the topic. So yeah, your pregnancy loss matters even if no one knew you were pregnant because someone did know that was you. You're going through that loss and you know, that's still your hopes and your dreams and your little one that's died. Your pregnancy loss matters even if you never heard a heartbeat. I'm very lucky that I got to hear Sophia's heartbeat, but I know others aren't. Um, and it is probably a thought that a lot of people get, or maybe people have said it to you. Um, but again, your pregnancy loss matters. For your baby to die, they have to have had a beating heart. And so just because you didn't hear it doesn't mean your baby doesn't matter. Um, your baby very much matters. You are still young and can have more. This one was said to me a lot after Sophia because Sophia was our first baby. Um, so there was a lot of people who were like, oh, at least you know you can get pregnant. Um, we had that one. We had, oh, just try again and you'll have another baby. Um, yeah, you are still young and can have more. It's definitely one that drove me nuts in the early days i got so angry whenever someone said that to me and um, because i suppose to break it down for those who maybe wonder why it's something that shouldn't be said um by saying you can have more children you're basically disrespecting sophia and the life that she had and um, you're basically saying her life doesn't matter that you can replace that life um which is not true at all I've often actually read a f in a few different places like on social media and just in debates around baby loss. Sometimes you'll see um, people kind of talking about how, you know, well, 
you know, with, with children who die or with babies who die, you can always try to have more kids and, you know, inco- they compare that to losing your mom and dad um, because you only have one mom and dad, but you can have several kids. But the reality is, the way I, I've often said it to people is, it's a bit like losing a brother or sister. If you lost a sibling, every single person is unique. Every sibling is unique. Like I have a brother and I have a sister and there's three of us. None of us are the same. So if any of us died, that would be a massive loss. And that's how I try to explain it in relation to children is yes, you know, like my parents have the three of us. Each of us bring different things to the family. Each of us have different characters. Each of us have different sense of humors. Each of us are different, we're unique. And if any one of us died, I know my parents would be like, I can't replace them. And that's how I've often tried to explain it to people that, you know, Sophia and uh, my rainbow baby would be two completely different people. Like my rainbow baby, at the moment is obsessed with vehicles and cars and planes and in my head Sophia would have always been you know a proper girly girl because I'm very much a girly girl and I probably would have you know done a lot of girly things with her so I have I would have two very different children with me right now is what I have in my head and you cannot replace that you cannot if I have another girl down the line that little girl could be a tomboy you know she could be just as into vehicles as my little boy is and that's fine because that would be her and um, that's you cannot replace a person each person is unique each loss is unique and I really don't think we should be comparing um, losses at all but it happens and it happens a lot because I suppose people get uncomfortable with baby loss because it is something that's really hard to understand unless you've been in it your pregnancy loss matters even if you have other children. This was never said to me after I lost Sophia, but after I had my rainbow baby, I did um, get that comment before when I spoke about Sophia. And it was very much, um, you know, you should be grateful for having your other baby. And it's like, it just doesn't, it just invalidates your grief. It just doesn't help. It does not help. Um, and I know a lot of people who would have had children before their loss and they would have had to hear you have other children and that, that they should be focusing on them. But the fact is you are going through a loss and it's important you acknowledge that. And it's important that people allow you to acknowledge that. Just because you talk about your little one doesn't mean you're not thinking about the one that's alive. It, it baffles me that people just try not to understand or they try to make it be such a negative thing when talking about our little ones isn't negative, it's a very positive thing. Your pregnancy loss matters even if it happened a long time ago. After I lost Sophia, there was a lot of people who had lost a long time ago. Um, and they would say things to me like, oh, it's fine, it happened so long ago, but it's like, I know it's fine, but I know it's fine. 
but just because it happened a long time ago doesn't mean your little one has to be forgotten or it doesn't have to be spoken about. I'm not going to go into statistics um, because we all know the, the biggest one around pregnancy loss is that one in four couples will face a pregnancy loss. And yet, even though that statistic is wide, widely known and spoken about, um, there's still a silence around it. There's still a stigma that parents face. Um, there's still misunderstandings. There's still misunderstandings. that we need and that's why it's important that we have Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month because this month allows us to try to break down those barriers and the stigma that we're we're facing as parents um, and try to get people to be more open to understanding the grief that comes with baby loss. I think I mentioned it in another podcast um, that I've recorded but when I did my bereavement counselling training there was a, a module based around complex um, losses. And the, the three complex losses were that, that was brought up, the three complex losses that were brought up were uh, bereavement by suicide, bereavement by murder, and bereavement by baby loss. And the reason why these are known as complex is because of the societal judgments um, around each of those. And it's quite sad that baby loss is one of them because, well, it's quite sad that all of them are in it. But baby loss is a complex uh, grief. And that's why many, you know, when you break it down, for a lot of us that go through pregnancy loss or infant loss or child loss, there is a lot of trauma that we have to face around that. Um, with the trauma, that's just one thing. Then, you know, you've buried your child um, or, you know, you've gone through the whole emotions of grieving in the early days and you're trying to learn how to live again. And what's stopping you then from actually moving forward and from growing and evolving with your grief is the societal judgments that you shouldn't talk about it or you know people are too uncomfortable they don't want to know and they just want you to go back to the way you used to be and pretend it didn't happen and it shocks me because you know the same people who are not comfortable with you talking or the same people that basically just don't want to know about your little one or about your loss or they don't want to hear anything negative basically these are the same people that will be like, oh, it's okay not to be okay. Promote mental health and well-being. I'm always here to listen. And it's like, no, we are not. Um, there's a lot of people who who like the trend of mental health, but they don't have the actual compassion um, to try to understand baby loss. So yeah, I'm going to do something a bit different. So I've got a few things on my phone. I'm just going to get up and read through and kind of discuss. Let's get up here. 
yeah, so these are things that have been said to, to people. Um, some of these things weren't said to me and other ones were. Um, and I just kind of want, these are the judgments. These are the judgments that we face in baby loss that I want to discuss. Okay, this is one. I don't understand why you're so upset. She wasn't even born. This is one that if you've miscarried, you will likely hear. Um, this is also one that in a way I have kind of had with Sophia because people don't see um, a fetus as a, a baby and they often just don't want to acknowledge that we have to give birth to them. Um, so yeah, I don't understand why you're so upset. She wasn't even born. So my experience of pregnancy loss is losing Sophia during my pregnancy at 28 weeks. So technically, yes, she was a fetus and she was a stillbirth. And the three things I always say is stillborn, still loved and still my baby. Um, I keep saying, mm -hmm. okay. So I looked up the meaning of fetus because on Sophia's uh, medical report, the last one that we got when she had passed away, it said fetal demise. That was what we read as basically she had died, but was fetal demise is what, what was written down. So at the time I hated that idea of fetal because in school, I remember in, you know, biology class and um, they would teach you that the fetus is not a baby and um, that the fetus is separate from a baby. A baby is only a baby when they are born and they are alive. Um, and that's since having Sophia, it's like, oh my God, why did they teach that in school? Just, oh. But yeah, so I looked up the meaning of fetus and fetus is a Latin word for offspring. And when you look up the word, you know, what does offspring mean? It means a person's child or children. So just to correct if anybody ever just tells you, oh, your, your baby wasn't a baby, it was a fetus, I would just tell them straight out that a fetus is still a child. Um, you know, fetus is Latin for offspring. Offspring equals children. So end of that debate. She was still my baby. End of story. I still had to give birth to her. And judgments around, you know, oh, you shouldn't be so upset. It's easy for people to say that or think that because they haven't carried that life. They haven't got to see the life that you're, you've lived with your little one. I had months of her kicking me, of punching me. I had months of listening to her heartbeat at GPs or at my hospital appointments. She was very much alive inside me. And that is what I always try to tell people whenever the debate comes around of you know, well, you shouldn't be so upset because she didn't really live, but she did live. She lived inside me. She was part of my life. 
and that's why I think after I lost Sophia I had a completely different understanding of someone who has even gone through a miscarriage I haven't gone through a miscarriage but I can see the impact that a miscarriage would have to because con- conception is the start of life um a life is a life a loss is a loss that actually reminds me um of a conversation I had with Arthur's mommy, which I'm sure she won't mind me shouting out. So, you know, I was kind of talking to her about doing my podcast and, you know, the anxiety that can kind of come at imposter syndrome and that kind of thing. Um, and that I'm very mindful that not all of our experiences are the same and not all of our losses um, circumstances are the same. And she said, the sad truth is, even though our experiences are different, they all had the same outcome, the loss of a child. And that's true. And that's why I always say loss is a loss and love is love. And despite, you know, Sophia being a a stillborn baby and her circumstances being different from so many other baby losses, um, at the end of the day, we've lost a child. The love we feel is the same as the love that other parents that have lost a child has felt. The grief that we feel is the same as, well, likely the same as um, the grief that other people are feeling too that have lost a child. So yeah, loss is a loss, love is love, um, grief is grief. And baby loss awareness week is very important because all the judgments that we face, it's the one time of the year that I personally feel like I can post things and I don't feel bad. I shouldn't ever feel bad. I know I shouldn't ever feel bad, but I do sometimes. I post something about Sophia and I'm like, oh God, everyone's going to think I'm looking for pity or I'm looking for attention or, you know, and that's my fear of judgments. Um, and the reason why I have that fear is because I have had comments said to me or before I've had Sophia, I've heard other people face those judgments that I'm now facing. Um, but I still try to put my feet down and I still try to tell myself, you know, you know what you're posting. doesn't matter. Other people's opinions don't matter, their opinions. I'm going to keep talking about baby loss because I've experienced this and because I know the stigma that exists. I know that change needs to happen. I know that other parents do feel isolated and there's no need for it. The stigma is only making brave parents' lives so much harder than it needs to be. So yeah, I'm gonna finish off and I'll read off some of the other things that have been said. Okay, this one, at least you know you can get pregnant. I touched on that earlier. Um, That was said a lot to me in the early days. At least you didn't have to give birth and then lose her. This example was also given to me because Sophia was sick. So when I went in on 23rd of March, Sophia um, had developed high drops and became anemic. So we were going to start a procedure before she sadly passed away. But this was said to me, oh, you know, isn't it better that she went peacefully um, rather than her, you know, having to go to NICU and fight to live and experience pain and experience. And in my head, I used to be like, 
no. Like, yes, it's nice that she went peacefully and yes, it's nice to think that she didn't experience pain. But no, it's not nice that she didn't get the chance to fight. It's not nice that she didn't get to open her eyes and see me or get a chance, just a chance. She just didn't get a chance. And that's why I always, that's my reply. For anyone that says that to me, that's my reply. Also, at least you didn't have have to give birth and then lose her. The other part is I lost her and then I had to give birth. And I think a lot of people kind of, they kind of ignore that aspect of stillbirths in a way, as in some of my friends were even like, I can't believe you actually had to give birth. Like you still had to go through labor and birth her, even though you knew she had died. And that was one of the hardest. I remember crying on the day that we lost Sophia. My parents drove up and I remember crying and saying to my mom, you know, she was my push present. We used to laugh because, you know, that it's a program called Yummy Mummies on Netflix. And they talk about push presents. And at the time I used to joke and I was saying, you know, I don't need a push present because she is my present. And I remember saying it to my mom, you know, I don't have a push present now. Now I have to push knowing that my child has died. Like, it's the mental battle is unbelievable. And I think that's probably why I didn't feel so much physical uh, discomfort during my my labour with Sophia. Because I was mentally just drained. Going through the wars. I know I'm not the only one. At least you can have another child. So I spoke about that one earlier as well. This is one that's been said to other people who are going through infertility. You can always adopt. I I personally, I can kind of understand why that sentence would be um, like a punch to the face because it's just invalidating the loss that you're experiencing of not being able to carry your own child. And like, I, I understand that. Oh, this one. Oh, this one annoyed me so much. God needed another angel. So many people say this. So many people say this. So many people would say this to me. And I, no, no. That's fine. If God needs another another angel, that's fine. But I need my baby. I think that's more important than God needing an angel. I know I'm probably not the only one that thinks that. Yeah, so God needs another angel. I understand. Like, I understand that that, that sentence can help bring comfort to some people, especially if they're religious. It didn't bring comfort to me. It just made me angry because I really hated God. That I didn't need to hear that. I just needed someone to tell me that I did deserve to have my baby with me and that they were sorry that they weren't where my baby belonged. But speaking of this one, after I had my rainbow baby, I also had someone say, that this was God's plan. And 
that also annoyed me because my rainbow baby arrived at 31 weeks um, the day before he was born a consultant sat me down and she told me that it would be better if he could cook a bit longer because he may not survive if he was born now so obviously that was a Thursday and I, I just hoped that they would find what was going on and that we could just keep him safe for a bit longer inside me but obviously the next day they came in and they said we have to do a c-section you have to give birth to him today because otherwise you'll die you've got sepsis um and i remember just thinking when somebody said that to me that this was god's plan all because my baby was born on sophia's birthday i just thought well god really must hate me because he's torturing me taking away my child and then nearly killing me um, and making my child, my other child struggle at 31 weeks to try to fight for a life. Um, so yeah, I really think people need to be more mindful of using those phrases because they didn't help me at all. <laughs> Another one is, oh yeah, oh this one. Be grateful for the kids you have. That's another one I got after I spoke about Sophia after having my rainbow baby and people are like, no, make sure you're, you're feeling grateful for having him, like you should be focusing on him. And I always say to people, just because I'm talking about Sophia, it doesn't mean I'm not grateful for my rainbow baby. And it doesn't mean I don't think of him. I'm always thinking of both my children. Like if Sophia was here, I'd have to give them both attention. So I'm just giving them both attention the only way I can. That's how I see it. She's in a better place. No. There's no better place than her mommy's arms. That's all I can say about that one. Just no. People did say that to me in the early days and I get that too. I mean, we do. It's something we say when anybody dies. You know, like my granddad died in July. And a lot of people would say, oh, he's in a better place now. He's pain-free. And I can I can understand that and I can see that. But when somebody said that to me about Sophia, it just made me angry because she is a baby. The best place for babies is in their parents' arms. And that's what hurt I think the most about that sentence um so yeah there are all the judgments that some of them I've faced and other ones that um I've heard from other people that they've faced there is a lot of judgments there is a lot of stigma these judgments cause us to feel ashamed and um, they make us feel guilt like for example, if I post about Sophia sometimes just randomly during the year, it doesn't have to be her birthday, it doesn't have to be this time of month, it doesn't have to be Christmas, just it could be a random day during the summer. Um, and if I post about Sophia, I sometimes feel guilty for posting about Sophia because, oh God, I might make someone feel uncomfortable or I don't want people to be p pitying me or thinking that I'm stuck in my grief or that kind of thing. And sadly, people do judge and... There are people who probably think that about me. Um, and I just have to find my feet on the ground and keep tracking like I'm tracking and keep noticing myself how my grief is evolving because 
me three years ago is so different from me now um and that's i can see that other people don't have to um see that but as long as i see that that's what's important to me and that's what i would say to anybody who is a bereaved parent anyone experiencing loss that if you notice your how you have evolved during your grief then that's all that matters if you're still stuck in that depressed state then then maybe there is a mental health issue now that's cropped up because of your grief and grief can trigger mental health issues that's you know that is a thing but just yeah i just wish we would be less judgmental as a society especially around baby loss no um, i'm gonna finish with helpful things that were said to me during baby loss congratulations on your beautiful girl i'm so sorry she couldn't stay that's validating and super helpful because it's not it's acknowledging that sophia existed and it's acknowledging that i am in pain tell me about your baby did you name your baby again this just acknowledges sophia and that was super important to me especially in the, in the middle of my loss oh they sound so precious did you get any photos of your baby this was only said to me twice um since Sophia and both times I just was like oh thank you for actually wanting to see her because nobody ever wants to see pictures of your baby well in my case that's how I feel how are you feeling physically can I help you in any way this was only said to me a few times as well after I gave birth to Sophia but it was nice for it to be acknowledged like I remember my mom making me put my feet up after we buried Sophia and me and Dan walked up, she's on a steep hill and we walked up that steep hill. Now, remember I had just given birth four days before this and I walked up that steep hill and um, my feet and my legs swelled so much. I was in so much pain afterwards. This was after burying Sophia um, and I was in physical pain and my mom was just like, put your feet up now. and she really helped me and um, with the physical aspect of of giving birth i just want you to know that i will never forget your baby this was said by a lot of people especially strangers who like they weren't strangers but i suppose they were people who i know of and i think that was one of the surprising things about um my loss the people who i expected to message not all of them did and then there was just a lot of people who i would never expect to message and they messaged me if you need someone to talk to i'm here to listen again just that whole notion of i'm thinking of you i'm there feel free to talk to me it's that idea that you can you feel safe and open to talk to that person because they've offered their support to you a message, I suppose, a really important message to spread during Baby Loss Awareness Month is that it takes courage to be kind. When people have been kind to me, when I talk about Sophia, that takes courage because society do not want to know about baby loss and they do not want to be open to understanding what you're going through. 
and it takes courage if you're someone who will actually listen and will try to understand that takes a lot of courage because you're going against the societal norms so this week is baby loss awareness week baby loss awareness week gives parents a chance to talk more openly about their child Baby Loss Awareness Week also gives friends and families opportunities to check in and support the bereaved parent. Baby Loss Awareness Week is also a week for the world to develop an understanding, to understand the stigma, to understand how awfully common baby loss is, to understand what parents need to cope. Baby Loss Awareness Week is not just a week for parents to remember their babies. Baby loss is not fixable, grief is not fixable, but truly listening and trying to understand is the most helpful thing that one can do. Here's a little reminder. The biggest communication problem is we do not listen to understand. We listen to reply. Stephen Covey said that. So truly listen. A true listener will listen to understand and not problem solve. So for Baby Loss Awareness Week, I am encouraging people to just listen. Even myself, I encourage myself to just listen to others. All of our experiences are different. Um, My opinions come from my experiences. Other people's opinions will come from theirs. And I'm here to listen and to try to understand where other people come from. And I would hope that others would listen to understand where I come from too. So yes, Baby Loss Awareness Week. I've made my graphic, again, my little illustration, my little drawing that I do every year since Sophia. Um, And I have that up on my Smiles for Sophia social media page for anyone who might be looking for it. Just pop on there and you can find it on my page and just put in your baby's name, the colours that you'd like, and I'll get a little illustration made for your baby. Um, Yeah, thanks for listening. I hope I didn't waffle too much again. Honestly, it's a learning curve. I'm struggling with imposter syndrome, the fact that I've created a podcast, but we will do this. It's also been really, really busy um, for me the last two months. So hopefully I'll get back into my podcasting properly. Um, in, In the case of judgments around baby loss, The mental health tip I have is to remember fact or opinion. If someone is judging you, I want you to think about what they're saying to you and ask yourself, is this a fact or is this just their opinion? Because opinions are changeable um, and it's okay to have different opinions. So that's, if someone's judging you, that's what you need to to ask yourself, is this fact or opinion what they're saying to me? Um, And as long as you don't judge yourself and you stay gentle with yourself, that's really important. I'd love to hear from you. So if you can relate to any of the judgments that I've faced or any judgments that I've mentioned in this podcast, or even you just wanna give a tip on how you deal with people who may judge you in your loss, um, I'd love to hear more um, and I'd love to hear if you're doing anything for Baby Loss Awareness Week, if you're doing anything 
yourself to raise awareness just let me know yeah so we'll see thanks for listening and take care